Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 78 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And one thing I know to be true is that making peace with food and making those steps on your journey ultimately comes down to making peace with your own self, accepting your needs, your wants, your desires. I also think it's accepting the space that you take up and maybe even claiming that space. So a part of that is making peace with your body. And I have a letter to read for you today from someone who needs help with that part. She's starting to make some really big strides in her food peace journey and yet struggling with how to make peace with her body. What is it like for you to move away from diet plans and rules and regulations around food, I bet it's pretty scary. And if you've been used to controlling your body and thinking that you can control the outcome, I would guess it's pretty terrifying to think, oh crap, what's going to happen to my body now that I'm no longer trying to control it? 
And that is exactly where this letter writer is. As we're trying to find some solutions and experiments for this letter writer, I call Rosie Molinari. She's the author of the book, Beautiful You. And I'm really excited for you to hear her words, her wisdom, and see if there are some things that you can find to help with your food peace journey. Before we get to this episode's letter, thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Pursuing Private Practice Masterclass eCourse. If you are someone who wants to start a private practice but doesn't know where to start with all the business details, I can totally relate. Back in 2005, when I started my private practice, I really felt like my wheels were just spinning like crazy and I was exhausted with all the like millions of decisions you have to make when you start your own business. And I really didn't want to spend time with that because I really wanted to work with people and help people with the relationship with food. But instead, I was bogged down into accounting and making decisions about structuring my business. I wish I would have had this e-course back then. It would have saved me a lot of time and a lot of money. Jennifer McGurk is the woman behind this masterclass e-course, and she's designed it to be 10 modules full of information for starting and growing your business. There's also a 28-page workbook that goes along with it to give you a personalized plan. If you're a dietitian, you also get continuing education. So if you would like to have some more information and look into signing up, juliedillonrd.com forward slash private practice masterclass will give you all the information. And I also have something really cool, a super secret code to put in at checkout to get 10% off. So if you want 10% off, when you go to juliedillonrd.com slash private practice masterclass, and you go to checkout, put in the code BOSS, B-O-S-S, and you got yourself a deal. All right. I hope you do make that jump to private practice. We need you. And let's go ahead and get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, I am sorry that I have let the world come between you and me. So many years I have believed so-called experts in the media, blackmailed other forms of you, seen things black and white, instead of listening to my inner wisdom. I've been obsessed with protein, 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 as I have been very physically active and into fitness. I've categorized foods as good and bad and avoided extremely evil stuff like sugar and processed food. I've been a clean eater for years and had fun foods extremely rarely and even then felt so guilty. There are so many feelings between us, a lot negative. When I eat myself full, even healthy foods, I often feel guilty. Often I feel the urge to eat, eat, eat. And I found myself thinking which allowed food I could eat more. It's like binge eating on broccoli, carrots, and rice cakes. I live in a normal sized body. Others might even call my outlook fit. Still, a while ago, I realized my eating patterns and thoughts about you are not normal to anyone. I think about you just too much. I think of all the food rules I've created within the years. Even though rules are meant to promote health, it leads me away from intuition and disconnects me from my body and inner cues. I eat because it's time or some kind of meal plan says I must. So many years I've eaten when not hungry just to get the fuel or eaten huge portions to build muscle, even though I was full by half of the meal. Last year, I started being more physically active and building more muscle. I also worked out with a personal trainer. Even though I liked my athletic body, 
I had health issues. It's hard to admit. My periods have become irregular and now I have back problems. I've had to stop doing sub movements like deadlifts and squats. Sometimes I feel tired, but I think I must work out anyway. Something got me thinking, is this really the way to go? Do I want to be fit or happy? I decided to let go of the daily habit of weighing myself as it seemed to define how I felt and have I succeeded or not. It's been a couple of months now and I feel it has been a step in the right direction. I accept people in different sizes and shape. I find beauty also in larger bodies and absolutely love all the body positive ladies I follow on Instagram. I think a woman is always beautiful when trusting and loving herself, no matter the size. Still, the hardest thing is to feel that you're not good enough to be yourself. I recently read the book Intuitive Eating and it made so much sense. I've let go of my food rules and ever since been eating what I desire the most. Of course, I'm not there yet. It's a long way to go, but I feel like there's no going back. It helps me to think that time will pass anyway, and there are so many opportunities to practice intuitive eating every day. The biggest issues I have are the ones with body image. How do I manage with my body changing and most likely gaining weight after years of restricting? How do I be in touch with my body when I might not be that fit girl anymore, but a new, softer me? How do I appreciate other things than the number on the scale? How do I find peace with my body? Love, reconnecting. Hey there, reconnecting. Thank you so much for your letter. From the words that you gave us, you know, I can tell you've done a lot of work and you've really looked into the intuitive eating journey. And I wonder if you have really sat with what to expect as you make this journey. And it it seems like you understand that our bodies are not meant to be controlled. And by healing your relationship with food, that's something you're going to have to walk away from controlling your body. And so the outcome is really, we don't know. (laughs) Your body may look the same or it may look different and it could look many different ways. And one thing I know to be true, especially as a woman, our bodies are going to always be changing. So as you figure out for you what you need, taking these next steps on your food peace journey, I have a feeling you're going to need to access them again, just because our bodies always will change as we get older. You mentioned following some people on Instagram. And a few months ago, I connected with an author of a book that I've loved for a really a long time now. It's a book called Beautiful You, and it's by Rosie Molinari. And I connected with her on Instagram. And as I was talking to her, I thought I would love for her to help me with a letter about body image. And so when I got your letter, I contacted Rosie and said, hey, can you help me out? And she's going to help us out. So let's go ahead and give Rosie a call. Hello. Hey, Rosie. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I am great. How are you, Julie? I'm doing great too. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. And did you get a chance to look at the letter? 
I did. And I want to say first, thank you so much for the invitation. This is a letter that really touched my heart and I'm excited to have this conversation. Well, you know, thank you. And I'm excited to talk to you. I know we don't live very far apart, so I've been like wanting to talk to you. You know, we do a lot of similar work. And when I read this letter, I, it just seemed like what she's experiencing is something that you talk a lot about in um, the work you do. So I have a feeling you're going to have some really, I don't know, just some good nuggets for her, like some insight that can further help her journey. When you read her letter, what was your general impression about like where she is and what she's experiencing? Great question. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience real quick because I think mm -hmm. it comes back to answering that question. Mm -hmm. And I approach the world with this fundamental understanding that every single one of us is here on purpose, that we each have something unique to offer the world that's one part of the healing that it needs. And so much um, of our ability or inability to get to that place where we can live on purpose is related to our relationship with ourself. And so much of our pain is really the result of a lack of awareness of our own self-worth. And what I find is that if you really value yourself, you don't hurt other people. And if you value yourself, you don't hurt yourself. Um, and the reality is we want so much to be seen and heard and understood. And the reality is the very first person we need that from is ourselves. And if we can begin to see our own worth, then the world expands for us. And so when I read this letter, I thought, this is a woman who is fighting for her worth, who now recognizes that the package she was given by society um, and all the pieces and parcels of that um, weren't really about her worth. And now she is fighting for her worth and recognizing that her worth doesn't, um, isn't rooted in her appearance and now has this incredible opportunity to step out and really practice radical self-acceptance and this idea that she is worthy and enough simply because she was born. And the gift that she has to give the world is not her package, but her purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I got a lot of a similar kind of like a theme going on too when I was reading it that, you know, as she was making this journey through making peace with food and her body, it was really um, connecting to making peace with herself and like the acceptance of her needs and desires. And, and what are those, you know, this really important journey. And I almost see like she's in this place of like, stepping away from those old paradigms and it's like mm -hmm. kind of looking back and looking forward. It's kind of getting scary, but exciting and important. And she's going to do it. <laughs> you know, she's totally going to do it, but she's needing some handholding a little bit along the way for someone who is identifying with this letter writer. Cause I have a feeling there's a lot of people who are right there too, or, or this letter writer, are there things that you feel like are some really important things to do or some first steps as they are making those steps towards radical self-acceptance? I do. So the first thought I have is just a big picture idea, and then we can go into some nitty gritty. And that is that for a lifetime, she's been faced with a culture who says, these are the things you need to be. And the reality is that um, we have a culture that says that because they can benefit financially or politically if 
we are bound by an allegiance to our appearance being just so, right? So Mm -hmm. if I have to commit so much of my energy and financial resources to how I physically look in order to feel as if I'm accepted, then that takes away energy and financial resources that I can put into something else that more dynamically might empower me. And so one of the things that I've realized for myself, um, and I think other people as well might realize it, is that if we're obsessed with our physicality or um, the behaviors we have that might impact our physicality, then in essence, we're oppressed. We're, we're kept down because of someone's need to benefit off of our insecurity. And so what I think when you begin to understand that, I think you can begin then to practice a journey towards self-acceptance. And I do think that self-acceptance is a journey and not just a final destination. I feel like we're always sort of journeying towards it. And I have incredible grace that some days are hard. You know, like I wake up and I think, oh, wow, what is that on my chin? Um, and, you know, I, I, I practice great self-acceptance and I'm still like, why is that on my chin? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I think that recognizing that it's a journey and having a lot of peace in terms of not judging yourself for that. One of my favorite um, practices is to really understand that everything is information and nothing should be judgment. And so if I have a difficult moment with my son, I am not the worst mother in the world. There's something going on for me. And so I like to get curious about that. So like, what do I need to know about that interaction? And then what I process is, well, I got so hungry. I was a little bit hangry and I took it out on him. Um, And so I like to think of those opportunities as information. And so I think that's a really great sort of first step is to begin to notice your judgments and to say, what's the real information in that? And then to begin to release it. And so you might feel like, oh, I am not fit to leave the house like this. Um, but I have to go, I'll be late to whatever. Um, and so as you process that, like, why is it that I feel I can't leave the house like this? I don't have, why why do I feel like I can't leave the house without a full face of makeup? And you're in the car and you're driving and you're thinking about it. And then you might say, wow, I was always told that a lady always wears her face. Um, and so then you can sort begin to sort of process it. And so that's one thing that I would encourage is really begin to process the messages that you've been sent and unpack them, um, because that'll help to end some of the racket in your head. Um, The other thing that I want to say is that if we anchor our worth on our bodies, um, then we've anchored them to a place that it has a false bottom, because our bodies by their very nature change. They have to change. That's sort of the, that is the fundamental sort of notion of life is that everything's in flux and changing. And so if we really commit ourselves to my body needs to be this way, then we are creating a real tension with what's going to happen, which, you know, could be wrinkles or sunspots or gray hair. And um, we set ourselves up for like constant disappointment. Whereas if we can have some grace about it and sort of recognize that, hey, there is no perfect and there's also no imperfect, like imperfect cannot exist if there's no perfect. And so instead, we're all just on these unique 
continuums. My continuum is not the same. My unique continuum is not the same as anyone else's. And we're each meant for that uniqueness. And so we really have to resist this messaging we get around effortless perfection. I have lots of women who tell me, oh, I know there's no such thing as perfect. But then the subtext is, I just want to get as close to it as possible. Well, the reality is that the images we see in the world aren't real. And um, they're not real on purpose because they're deliberately unattainable so that we always have to stay on the ride. And the only way to get off the ride, you're not going to reach the destination that they want because it's not real. And so you have to decide what's the right destination for you. And when we anchor our faith and belief in ourselves, in how we feel, then we are more likely to attract the happiness that we're seeking. Well, Rosie, I had a question for for you about something you said. I, it's really connecting in my noggin right now because you were talking about the anchor. And, you know, if we anchor our worth on our bodies, we're anchored to a place with a false bottom. And I'm picturing this letter writer and I, I think I was picturing kind of an ambivalence or, you know, as she was just transitioning from really finding her value and, and comfort in like controlling her body and moving away from that. And one of the things I'm, I'm noticing, especially considering that anchor is she probably felt really secure and safe thinking she was anchored in something, but she really wasn't. I mean, that's the, the kind of the big old lie, the, the BS with everything is it really wasn't anchored to something that really was providing her that kind of strength. And so, um, I just wanted to tell you that. I think that's a really cool, <laughs> there's probably a better word, but a really cool metaphor um, or just visual as I think about a person's food peace journey. And um, so thank you for that. And and I, I feel like for anybody who's making those transitions and it feels really scary to keep in mind, like that security was really never there. Like that was just like this sense of security, but it was all tangled up with this uh, mis- misogyny and it's just the BS of diet culture, you yeah. know, and the oppression like you were talking about. So very, very cool. Thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. One thing I think about is that self-containment, like, so let's say all these rules around food or self-criticism are really an erroneous operating system. Like we think, oh, well, I'm just going to shame myself and behaving better. But if that system worked, at some point, the shame would have to stop, right? Like, at some point, we'd arrive. And to this, like, thing that we're chasing in this false narrative we have in our head. And so, obviously, that system doesn't work. It actually is more damaging to us and creates more crisis for us than operating from a place of self-acceptance. I have so many women who are really scared of this idea of embracing self-acceptance because they think it means status quo. And self-acceptance isn't the idea that you can't want to grow in some way, but it does recognize that your growth shouldn't be premeditated by societal standards. And the underpinning of it is you're worthy and you're enough right now. Mm -hmm. So what dynamic thing do you want to add to your life so you can add it to the universe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's a really different place than I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And I I get the sense that uh, self-acceptance 
for many people, they misinterpret it to mean like this passive kind of thing. Like I'm just letting myself go. And I I always feel self-acceptance is a very active process. You know, it's something that you have to like keep on the forefront of your brain. And it's because especially we live in this world that is not into (laughs) self-acceptance, like shaming is something that people think promotes health. And I always feel like shaming never promotes health. It's not something that's health promoting. And pretty much got that squared away in research. We know that already. Right. So yeah, and when we when we work towards self-acceptance, if anything, it's it's not it's not just blah. It's it's really being active in your pursuit and I do firmly believe and especially from a health perspective and I think even for the whole body is that we're the expert of ourselves, you know, and so when you're working from this place of self-acceptance or at least like working towards that, because like, like you, I think it's more of a journey than a like a finite thing. Um, we do connect then with what empowers us, what energizes us, what helps us feel strong and healthy. And um, there may be some things that we glean from diets or research or whatever that may feel energizing to you, but there may not, you know? And, and so I, and for any person out there, I feel like it's important to figure out like what does help you. And for this lighter writer, I feel like that's where she's in. She's like, okay, I'm trying to do it. I'm going to get there. Um, so these are, I don't know. I just think these are really important things to consider that, you know, part of as she's making that transition, there may be judgment and shame, probably from both directions. Like she's not loving herself right, you know, (laughs) and, and also, you know, she should be controlling her body more. And when you were saying to, to really be curious and to notice without judgment, that's something that I, I'm really think is important too. Like it, I always tell people that I work with that we're just collecting data right now. You know, it's just data. Like just think of all of it. Like you said, like information because yep. if we're judging it, then I it could be a really important piece of data that can really inform your next step. But if we just, you know, cloak it in shame or shoulds or something, then it's going to keep us from really understanding its message. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I really hope this letter writer continues to to go down her path, you know, and and um, you know, gets to that place where she can anchor in something that is a true bottom, you know, and, and for that part, like as a person is in a place of self-acceptance and is, is like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm going to try really hard to not have my body be my self-worth is, you know, what do you encourage people to do? Like, what should they anchor to instead? You know, what is, what is it? Is, or am I being too literal? <laughs> you know? Well, I really loved, um, how you talked about self-acceptance is not passive, it's really active. And so I think the anchor is the energy around your intention. Um, And so really developing sort of profound awareness around, huh, I don't feel good in this moment. What's that about? And sort of always, or how do I want to show up? And was I able to do that? What do I need to make happen for that to be true? Um, And just sort of really building this gentle, kind, but intuitive awareness in your world. Um, I love to ask myself um, when I'm feeling a bit frenetic and out out of sorts, um, what do I need right now more than anything else? And, you know, um, Anna Guest Jelly's Mm -hmm. work, and she wrote Curvy Yoga, and she and I were talking about that question one day, and she said, 
Yes. And I would add um, that I have the resources to give myself like, so make sure, and which I agree with, like, make sure that it's something that you don't say win the lottery, um, but something that you really have full control over. And my challenge to myself when I ask that question, so something, it's my check-in question whenever I am really sort of not myself. Um, and my challenge to myself when I answer it, so let's say that what I answer is sleep, um, is that I have to provide myself that care within 48 hours. And if after 48 hours, I ask myself that question and I still have the same, then the question for me becomes, why am I unable to give myself what I need? What's going on for me? Um, and so I think sort of that intentionality and awareness is where you root. And mm-hmm. so you recognize that um, every day is about intention and awareness and trying. And that's just a glorious place to be anchored. And it's, um, it's always an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's always a chance like there's, and I, yeah. I think it's important what, what, what Anna added to it because the information's there again, we're the experts of our body. Like we, we can do this <laughs> and, and it's just, yeah. you know, trying to figure out for you what you need. Well, and we have um, something on this show, Rosie, called a food piece syllabus. And if you're new to the podcast, it's a resource list that we've been gathering over the last year and a half from all the guests and all the letters, um, resources like books and podcasts and websites and anything under the sun that further helps to cultivate a positive relationship with food and body. And Rosie, I'm wondering if you'd like to add anything to it. I would. So Curvy Yoga is Anna's book, and it is just delightful. Anna is sunshine and light and gentle wisdom and guidance. And that is exactly what you get from her book. And so it's something that I'd really encourage folks to pick up, even if they're not certain about their relationship with yoga. It's a really good book in terms of your relationship with yourself. Um, And so that's one that I'd recommend. I also really like um, Rebecca Scritchfield's book, Body Kindness. Um, And it really looks at sort of having a healthy internal relationship with yourself and yes. how that projects out. Um, and a book that I have on my literal syllabus, I teach a body image course at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, is Health at Every Size by Linda, Linda Bacon. And, and I think it really looks at this healthism culture of um, shaming people around their health when the research doesn't stack up against it. And so that is a book that I would recommend I'm throwing in a new one right now that I just thought of, and that's Body of Truth by Harriet Brown. Um, and then the, I would also recommend my book, which is Beautiful You, A Daily Guide to Radical Self-Acceptance. And um, when I wrote Beautiful You, I really wanted to give people a tool where they could collect all the evidence of their worthiness. So this isn't a book where I tell people that you're worthy and that you should believe in yourself. It's a book where the reader compiles the proof. Mm -hmm. Um, that's already in them of how worthy they are. And so basically the book provides readers with a journey into a relationship with themselves that's not adversarial and is hopefully life-changing. Yeah. You know, it has been a life-changing book for people I've talked to. That's the thing that your book offers that's different is it is... It provides a space where people can figure out for them, like their own words. And um, I also really appreciate how it's doable. You know, it's, it's one, one section at a time and it's like literally one or two pages. And, um, for so many people I talk to where their life feels pretty chaotic, this, 
your book has be, been something that's very um, accessible and doable and, you know, they see changes from it. So I appreciate it. And for sure, we need to put that on there. Um, and Rebecca Scritchfield is a friend of the podcast. I have had her on and I, you know, I love that book too. I highly, highly recommend it. So, um, well, thank you for your resources. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your time and expertise. And I wonder um, if someone is listening and would like to find out more about your work, is there a way for them to find you? Absolutely. My website is www.rosiemolinary.com. And I try to periodically blog. Right now is a really fun time on the blog because it has, um, I'll be sharing insights from my students at the end of the semester on what they learned on their body image journeys. And I am always so inspired by my students. And so there's a blog there. And when I have workshops and that sort of thing, um, they are posted. I've got a couple upcoming um, events related to Beautiful You. And I'd love to have anybody join me. Awesome. Well, I will put it in the show notes so they don't even have to like try to figure out how to spell it or anything. It's just right there. They can click it. <laughs> uh, so thank you again. I really appreciate the time. And we're going to have to find a way to get together. That sounds great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This was a highlight to my day. Awesome. Thanks, Rosie. So there you have it. Reconnecting. I hope you found some things that you want to experiment with from what Rosie and I were discussing. And I hope you found it helpful. Certainly as you're moving through your food peace journey and you're noticing things changing with how your body is shaped, keep in mind that this is certainly part of life. Our our bodies change and things change. And as you wonder what to rely on, remember that you can rely on yourself. And before there was this like fake or false bottom that Rosie was referring to that made you feel anchored. And instead of this false bottom, you know, going through this radical self-acceptance, you're going to be anchored to something that is closer to your heart. And I think that is going to bring you the peace and the health that you so crave. I see food has written back, so we're going to get to it in a second. Before we go, I want to say thank you to this episode's sponsor, the Pursuing Private Practice Masterclass eCourse. Remember, if you want more information and you want 10% off, go to my website, juliedillonrd.com slash private practice masterclass. And at checkout, use the code BOSS, B-O-S-S. All right, let's hear what food has to say. And until then, take care. Dear Reconnecting, I'm so glad we are no longer playing games. We have only wanted to nourish you and connect you to what brings you joy. These next steps will be tough and it may appear that you're without a safety net for the very first time. Do you know you have what you need to succeed and experience health? When you doubt this, or when the world tells you to doubt this, place your hand on your heart. Connect to what presently keeps you feeling alive. Ask this part what it needs. How is it feeling? You can anchor to this part. It is you and it will guide you home. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. 
Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.